0: the professional's choice. What's up, guys? Welcome. Welcome back to the podcast. I love that you guys keep tuning in week after week after week. Because if you weren't, I'd basically be just talking to myself. So it's cool that, I, <laughs> it's cool that you guys are listening to me. So we have a, a cool podcast. We have Anthony Spagnoli on the podcast, a.k.a. Tony. Tony, short for Anthony, for those that didn't know. I'm sure most of you know that. The most famous Tony I know is Tony Danza, Tony Maselli, but we're not going to have Mona or Angela or Samantha on this podcast. <laughs> I'm just playing with you guys. Um, Tony is the Director of Testing and Education at NATE. NATE is the North American Technician Excellence program that you guys probably know and have heard about. It's more commonly known in the U.S. than it is in Canada. But we're going to talk to to Tony about the CHP-5. It's basically a new program that they've got going that, that started on July 1st of this year that focuses on five exams and five major components of the HVAC industry. Now, we're going to get into this conversation. I'm going to ask Tony a bunch of questions because I'm not familiar with nate the way a lot of other technicians are so i'm going to ask a lot of questions and i'm going to learn about nate if you guys don't know about nate you're going to learn with me about it if you guys are all in on nate and you know all about it well this will be a little bit of a refresher but we're going to talk to anthony aka tony about their new program the chp-5 what it entails how you go about studying how you write the tests How much the test cost? We're going to get into that right now and a little bit more coming up on the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Welcome to the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. Recorded from a basement somewhere in Toronto, Canada. Your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry discussing all things HVAC. From storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Tony, let's get to this. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. Uh, I, I got to thank you, first of all, because it was this is actually a long time coming. I was uh, contacted by someone from your team months back about potentially getting you guys onto the podcast to discuss something uh, new that that Nate has um you guys have released the CHP five earlier in the year, right?
1: Yeah. So the CHP five was launched on uh, July 1st.
0: Okay, cool. So we're going to get to that um, in a few minutes, but I would like to, for myself and for some of the audience that might not know what Nate is and the history behind Nate, you maybe get into that a little bit and just, just talk about that.
1: Okay. Um, Yeah. So uh, Nate was founded in uh, 1997 um, it was a group of uh, manufacturers, uh, kind of through the organization of AHRI, um, were dealing with a lot of uh, warranty claims uh, that when they investigated them, uh, realized there wasn't any real problem with the equipment. It was that it was either improperly installed or serviced, um, and that's what caused the problem, caused the warranty claim. So manufacturers wanting to you know, avoid those kind of warranty claims, uh, wanted to create a certification, uh, to make sure that uh, you know technicians had a standard that they could uh, guide themselves to and develop themselves mm-hmm. to, um, so they kind of uh, based themselves off an existing certification in a different industry, uh, automotive service excellence or ASE, um, kind of used that as their guide and developed a similar uh, certification process for HVAC technicians. Um, so the original exam was you know this monster that covered everything. Um, Uh, We eventually broke it down into the smaller chunks, uh, so that would be the traditional testing that people are probably familiar with with the core and specialty exams. All right, so I didn't know that. So it started because
0: we were having a lot of issues with warranty, and and I think that still continues today, and, and I think that's why a lot of manufacturers themselves are implementing factory training and stuff because I think there's so many people in the trade um, North America wide. And I don't, I don't think that each individual company or each of an individual shop is doing the proper training with, with their guys. Some of them are just like they're hired and like they're thrown in a truck and they're like, yeah, go, uh, go try to sell stuff or go try to fix stuff.
1: <laughs> and, yeah.
0: and there's mm-hmm. no real training involved. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think, I think that's cool. So yeah. I was sent out a, 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 I think it's a study guide. It's, um, it's very, very basic stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's a Nate study guide. I believe that, that I've got and I went through it and it's all the stuff that I learned in the first year or two in my trade school. And it's like, wow, this is the stuff that I forget and that I should know. And mm-hmm. it's all so basic and fundamental that I think anybody that's been in the trade for 30 years can open that up. And have a refresher or learn something new this that's just the take Mm -hmm. i got on it when i opened
1: that book up yeah and we've always said that um that even just preparing to take the nate exam uh, will make you a better technician
0: well of of course it will because you you are refreshing your your brain as as to how the industry operates from from a a grassroots level Mm -hmm. right yeah so yourself like how um how are you involved with Nate and and what is your sort of history and the background and background within the industry?
1: Yeah, so I have been with Nate for just over ten years now. Um, I had actually started at NAte as a customer service rep uh, right out of college um, found that my background from my college degree I was a political science major, um, but some of the uh, political science classes I took involving polling actually related to exam, uh, 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 statistics, uh, just the same, a Mm -hmm. little bit different, but very much similar. So I had a feel for, uh, the exam development side. Um, so eventually I moved from the customer service position into, uh, the exam development and been doing the exam development at Nate for seven, eight years now. Um, and I enjoy it a lot. And so Nate, Nate's been my only, my only job in the industry. Cool. So how does one go about
0: developing an exam. How does that, how does that start out?
1: Okay. Uh, so the first kind of step is doing um, kind of an industry survey, finding out uh, is there a need for that certification. And then once you've determined that, uh, your next step would be uh, doing what you call a job task analysis. And that's where you sit down and you get experts uh, from the industry to come in and tell you these are the key job uh, skills and or knowledge uh, that a technician would need to do this job well. And you just make a whole list of those. And then you send that list out uh, to a larger group. Um, you know, we send it out to all of our contractors, educators, manufacturers, distributors. And then they go through all those different topic areas and rate them based on how critical they are and how frequently a technician would encounter that in the field. Mm-hmm. And then we use that to determine the weights of, you know, how many questions do we need to ask for each one of these topics, questions or things that they uh encounter more frequently, and or more critical, um, more questions, things that they're less likely to encounter, or less critical would be fewer questions. Um, mm-hmm. So once you've finished that survey, you're able to develop an exam blueprint, and know how many questions you need for each uh, domain area. And then we sit down with another group of subject matter experts and uh, write those questions. And then once all the questions are written, we build an exam form. And then we do what we call a beta test, uh, we send that out to uh, likely candidates have them take the test, see their results to make sure that we didn't make it too hard or too easy and, uh, use that to develop a passing score. And then once we have that, we're able to launch the exam and then we do continuous maintenance on the exam. We're always monitoring, uh, the performance of each item on the exam to see if it's doing what it's supposed to and, you know, replacing items that don't work. Mm
0: -hmm. So your, your subject matter, uh, the people that you rely on for the, the the subject matter are are. Do you have a team, or do you just kind of reach out to people randomly as as you need some information, or do you have like a team that you you've you've built and trusted over the years?
1: Yeah, Nate has a standing technical committee um, okay. of about fifteen subject matter experts, and there's Perfect. they are who we use most of the time to do that. Um, but some of those other like the survey will go out to a larger pool.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've seen what interests me is I've seen some other like manufacturers or groups or whoever they'll, they'll create like a webinar or a course or something like that. And you can earn Nate credits um, through that course. How how does
1: that work? Um, So any training provider can register with us as a recognized training provider. Um, And then they would just register that course with us. Basically all Nate needs is title of the course description of the course, which, uh, specialties it's relevant to, and then the course length and hours, and then they can get those recognized by Nate. And then any technician taking those courses can uh, get their Nate credits. I see. So what are those credits once they
0: have a certain amount of credits from that course, what are we working towards with those credits?
1: Uh, yeah. So that's for technicians who already have their certification. Uh, okay. Once they have that, they need to renew it every two years. Uh, mm-hmm. So if they don't want to have to test again, which I would suggest to take the continuing education credits, because it's a lot easier than taking the exam again. Yeah. Uh, you can earn those those 16 hours uh, every two years um, and submit those and then just renew that way as opposed to having to retest. Uh,
0: okay. So you can actually do just random webinars and courses from other people, and then they're contributed towards your renewal. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, training does okay. have to be technical in nature and it does have to be relevant to whatever you're certified in. Um, but we can accept anything as long as it's technical and relevant.
0: Gotcha. All right, so let's move on to why we're here. And we're going to talk about the CHP5, which is um, Certified HVAC Professional-5. dash mm-hmm. And under that umbrella, the, the dash five, I guess, stands for um, Service install fundamentals, electrical, comfort, and airflow. Am I right on that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, it's one credential, but it's made up of five exams. So that's why it's CHP5.
0: Okay. Yeah. I just, I actually just um, wrote those down from, from previous email <laughs> <laughs> strings because those, those, it's hard for me to remember stuff. So I just, I just wrote all those down. So maybe let's, let's, how did, how do we come up with chp-5 like why was it
1: created Mm -hmm. uh so nate's board charged nate with a a new vision statement um which included so traditionally we just recognized technicians through our certification uh but they also charged us with helping to develop technicians so we wanted to get more involved in their training uh so we had a focus group meeting uh with people from all over the industry um, at our offices at nate last year um where we our real purpose was to sit down and talk to them about how nate can uh, link technicians to training. Uh, but a lot of the feedback we got out of that meeting, um, also indicated that, uh, technicians, uh, could be intimidated, uh, by Nate's traditional, uh, pathway to become certified, the core plus specialty exam, uh, simply because the exams covered so many topics. Uh, so they charged us with, um, taking a look at our certification process and seeing if there was a way we could break that down into a more modular approach, uh, to make it easier for technicians to prepare for each exam. Um so that's where the the certified uh HVAC professional came from. Uh we did a review of all of our job task analysis for our popular exams, the core heat pump service, AC service and gas heating service. Uh looked for all the topics that needed to be covered on that exam and then grouped them together in ways that made sense. Um and that's how we came up with those 5 exams uh, that make up this new credential, uh HVAC Fundamentals electrical and controls, airflow and comfort, and then the installation and service. So what do we, so if, if we
0: can touch on each one for, for just a brief minute. Mm -hmm. So for, for service, what are we covering under that exam?
1: Uh, so that's going to be, uh, troubleshooting, uh, diagnostics, um, repair, uh, things like that are covered on that service exam. Okay. And is that pertaining to cooling and heating? Yes. So these exams do cover both. Uh, So there's going to be AC heat pump and gas furnace questions on there. Perfect. Okay. So install under, under that heading,
0: is that, um, like maybe sheet metal and banging in like a furnace or an air handler or something like that? How? how, how,
1: Yeah. Yeah, Installing equipment like that, doing some of the uh, startup and checkout, um, brazing refrigerant lines, uh, that'll all be covered in that installation exam.
0: OK, so we would like include like best practice uh, stuff and all that, like nitrogen brazing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: best practices, safety, all that's in there.
0: OK, so so fundamentals that that's a good one because it's fundamentals is is a is very uh, in, in my mind, there is a large there's a wide base of fundamentals
1: that kind of need to be learned in this trade. So what are we covering <laughs> there? Uh, Yeah, so it's going to be basic heat transfer, Um, safety is probably the largest section on that exam, Uh, both electrical and um, other, you know, kind of physical safety, uh, questions like that, Um, using tools, basic hand tools um, is covered in that exam. And then some of the basic uh, science and math uh, would be on that one as well.
0: So like refrigeration cycle, would that be covered under there?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's on there.
0: Okay, so yeah, so all the science behind... The refrigeration cycle like saturation and su- superheat and subcooling and stuff like that
1: yeah yeah that's all in there
0: cool okay so electrical that i mean for electrical i mean i, I guess we're going to be covering like ohm's law and maybe how to use a meter and, and stuff like that
1: yeah using meters ohm's laws on there um as well as uh reading wiring diagrams uh understanding electrical symbols uh some electrical safety on there as well and uh, that exam also covers controls so uh, uh using and, uh, installing controls will be covered on that as well.
0: That's yeah, that's a good one because controls, when when you say controls, are you talking about like
1: a thermostat or are you talking about something like a little more elaborate? <laughs> uh, so both thermostats are covered as well as, um, you know, some of the pressure sensing controls and things like that. Okay.
0: Yeah. that That's important because, uh, when you walk up to a system, sometimes it has no extra controls on it. But then you walk up to a system and it's got all the bells and whistles. It's got like fan cycle controls, mm-hmm. head pressure controls, low, low pressure uh cutoffs. Um so those things are are majorly important yeah. to 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 cover because if a if a tech walks up to it and he doesn't know what they are or he can't differentiate between the two, that could be an issue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And and comfort and airflow. I mean, I guess we're gonna talk about humidity i guess because that's that's a huge part of comfort mm-hmm. yeah right. and so, we're we mm-hmm. talking about the, the basic understanding of of airflow and maybe like static pressure and velocity and all that kind of stuff
1: yeah so things like that static pressure velocity kind of the airflow measurements and then uh gets into indoor air quality uh so things um like uh the uh, fresh air supplies or um odor controls, things like that, as well as the comfort of the occupant. So uh, noise problems and things like that are covered as well. Okay. So then how do
0: we, if somebody is interested in this, how, before they take an exam, what is the, 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 the steps to, to take one? Do, do they have, obviously they got to study. So how, how do we study for it? And then how do we prep and how do we get the exam and take it? Like, what are the steps? All right, guys, so what does flare repeatability mean? Well, it means that the tool you're using is repeating the quality of the flare every single time. Now, I would recommend that you use a flare gauge block. Basically, it's a piece of metal with holes drilled out for the different pipe sizes, and you put your flare in it, and it's got a little stopper there, and it's supposed to stop when you put it in. and It's basically saying you've created a proper flare. Now, when it comes to repeatability and quality, the NAVAC flaring gun, which is battery-powered, does this. If you talk to people in the industry that own one they'll tell you this um, that the thing is just phenomenal when it comes to creating flares now if you're on a big job site doing a lot of flares a lot of multi-head vrf systems or vrv then this is a fabulous tool to have with you because you're not going to worry about the quality of the flare that it's spitting out it's plug and play you don't have to worry about it now i would advise you every once in a while to check it with the flare gauge tool, just to make sure it's staying on point, okay? Just some, for some quality control, but essentially it's gonna make you a perfect flare every single time. Aircom jet gun. Now it's carried by Cool Air Products in North America. Basically it's a battery powered power washer for cleaning coils. Now I cleaned a Lennox rooftop V-shaped coils, 15 or 20 ton unit. I can't remember the size of it, but it was a big coil. I cleaned the coil. Um, two sides and the fresh air filters and i had enough battery power and enough water to do it basically comes with three bags 2.6 gallon bags so you put one inside and then you bring the other two along with you as spares and you just replace them when when the the bag is empty with a new bag so telecommunication towers at are remote um Evaporators that are hung inside of walk-ins, ductless splits, remote rooftops in the middle of a giant warehouse or something like that. These are the places that you would you would use this because there's no cord required and there's no hose required. So check it out, guys. I know um, True Tech Tools is carrying it and my pal Shane at A.C. Tool Source in Ontario is distributing the, the products In Ontario and or even in Canada I believe so you can reach out to Shane at AC tool source in Canada if you're looking for it to have it put into the right supplier and true tech tools has it and you save with that using code know-it-all you save eight percent as as always Um, the blue on app guys phenomenal app when it comes to unit manuals conversion instructions and best of all their tech support line which is anything AC not just on TDX 20 So if you guys want some assistance with your AC calls, using their app will do that by going into the support and clicking call tech support. It takes you right to them and it's less than two minute wait time. I've called three or four times and it's always less than two minutes. So I wanna talk about the Supco umbrella just for a quick second. Um, I've got it. A ton of techs are going out and grabbing one for themselves to protect themselves from the sun and the rain don't use it guys in the wind and expect it to hold up because no umbrella that I've seen holds up in strong winds okay they blow backwards um, they'll fly away so if it's a windy day don't bring it out of the truck if it starts to get gusty on the roof or wherever you're working take it down fold it up and lay it on the ground until the wind dies down because like I said no umbrella that I've seen can survive a strong wind so If it breaks because it's in the wind, that is on the technician for not noticing. If you use it when it's not windy, it's fabulous. Protecting you from the UV uh, rays of the sun. We don't want to be exposed to those as, uh, we want to be exposed as less as possible. And little droplets of rain, if it's raining, we're gonna be protected as well. So no wind is what I'm saying with that umbrella. Anyway, guys, let's get back to Tony and the CHP-5. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so multiple paths uh, depending on your preference. Uh, so uh, part of the CHP-5 program, Nate also launched a training portal uh, that goes with it on the MyNate site. Uh, so if a technician were to log into Minate, you can just create an account, log right in there. You'll have the, the certified HVAC professional tab there that you can go to. Okay. And from there, we have different training options uh, so we'll have information if you're into traditional kind of brick and mortar training, there'll be information about how to locate a school in your area, uh, some department of education uh, sites to, you know, so you can verify that the school is good, it's accredited and all that. Um, we also have links to different manufacturer programs if you already participate in those um, the, to link you to their their online training. And then we have our own online training portal where we uh, partnered up with two of our uh, training providers uh, that have all their training online and cover uh, all the topics that are on the exam. Uh, so you could go right into that training portal. Uh, it'll be broken down by exam and click on each exam search for courses, particularly for that exam. And then you can take that online training. Um, and then in addition to that, we also have uh, a new study guide for the, the certified HVAC professional available on Nate's online store.
0: That might be the study guide that I have. Do you know if that's the, the same one that, um, I think it was Tiffany at the time that, that sent that to me.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, probably not because I don't think we would have had that ready yet. Uh, we launched no. that a little, uh, maybe a week after. Uh, so okay. you might have the, the core guide. Um, okay. It's covering a lot of basic stuff.
0: Yeah, it is, it is covering a lot of basic stuff. Mm-hmm. So I heard you talk about training partners. Now, <laughs> the other night I had Doug Donovan on from Interplay Learning, and he said that he's partnering up with you guys on the CHP5.
1: Yeah, Interplay Learning is one of those two partners um, on that training portal. So you could go to uh, Interplay Learning and take their courses.
0: Perfect. So those, those courses actually prepare you for these five exams? Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, so they took a look at their course catalog. I sent them uh, all the topics covered by the exam, and they mapped out their course catalog to our exams. Um, and then we put that on our website. Uh, so if you were to go on to that training portal, you could click the HVC Fundamentals exam, select your provider. So you could pick interplay and then you could see all their courses that they have registered with us.
0: Okay. And, and you mentioned two partners. Who's the other partner you're working with for training?
1: Uh, that's HVACR, uh, edu.net. Um, which is, uh, uh Chris Compton, uh, his training outfit. Um, okay. so there's just another large online training provider. They've been a partner of Nate, uh, for as long as I've been there. And I think longer than that. Um, so they just, uh, same kind of deal. They have all their courses online and, Cover all the topics uh, covered by those exams. Nice.
0: So once you feel you're ready to take the exam, like once you you covered the material and and perhaps you go to Interplay or perhaps you go to um, HVA. HV. I have a hard time spitting that. Mm-hmm. That's why I say HVAC and not HVACR. edu.net mm-hmm. Okay. So say yeah. say you 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 take as much of that info as possible. You go through the motions and the steps. Mm-hmm. Once you're ready how do we take the exam? Is this, do you need to go to a physical place to do it or can you do it online?
1: You can do it online now. Uh, so that okay. is something new. Nate launched this year. Uh, okay. So right through that training portal, uh, there'll actually be a, a link that you can click to take the exam now. And then you can register for what we would call remote live online proctoring or LOP. Um, and live online proctoring is basically all you need is a computer, a uh, stable internet connection. Um, so if you're can stream Netflix, uh, you could, you can use the LOP and a webcam. And then uh, Proctor actually watches you on the webcam as you're taking it from your home computer, uh, to make sure you're not you know, doing anything, you're not supposed to not cheating on the exam. And then we actually review all those videos afterwards, just to be sure. So we're you know, maintaining the integrity of the exam. But yeah, you could take it uh, right from home if you wanted. Um, yeah. But it is also available <laughs> to all of our, our testing organizations, uh, as well our traditional testing partners. Yeah, that,
0: that that's, that's cool. Because, and when you said, Online, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking back to when I used to do exams and in, in trade school, and how we'd be in the classroom and everybody would be quiet, and we'd have to only stare at the desk, and there, the teacher would walk up and down, or the instructor would walk up and down. And I'm mm-hmm. like, if we're doing it online, how do we prevent cheating? But you mm-hmm. kind of answered that question with it before I asked it, yeah. and you're you're actually filming it, and you're going looking. So how? Mm-hmm. I, I guess. You can stare at somebody taking the exam is, is the, through, through the computer or through, through the camera, but is the, the camera facing them? Is it facing the computer? Like,
1: how does that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, uh, when you first start the exam, uh, kind of before you actually start answering questions, you have to do what they call a room sweep. So you actually have to take your camera. Or, or if it's built into your laptop, the entire laptop up and do a sweep of the area you're testing in so they can take a look at your desk, make sure you don't have any papers or anything you're not supposed to have on there. Everything's supposed to be cleared off and take a look around. And then uh, the camera would be on your face as the test taker while you're actually taking the exam. And the proctor monitoring you has been trained as a remote proctor. So they're looking for things that might indicate cheating. Uh, So if you, you know, your eyes keep going. Down to the right you know they might ask you to do another room sweep because they they think maybe you slip something on your desk if you keep looking down there gotcha. um, and then like i said they also uh so even if the proctor didn't catch you live they then review them after the fact for any anomalies
0: mm-hmm. so m- in my mind if you're going to cheat or if you find a way to cheat you're only cheating yourself because what's the point of mm-hmm. having a certificate and then going um, trying to get a job or whatever, and be like, "Yeah, I got these certificates," and you get a job, and you can't, you, you don't know anything, or what, because you've cheated mm-hmm. your way through something.
1: Yeah, they're going to there, find out real quick. That, yeah, they're going to you know, find yeah. out real quick. So there's
0: there's absolutely, if you're serious mm-hmm. about it, and you're going to take the test, you might as well study and prepare for it rather mm-hmm. than cheating, because in the end, you're going to get, you're going to be found if if you're not caught by, by your system, you're going to get caught by your employer for not knowing what you're doing as soon as you get hired.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? exactly. Um, cause that really is the purpose of the certification is to better yourself. So if you cheat on the exam, you're really just cheating yourself. Yeah. And, and the
0: reason I asked that question is, is if you can, um, where you do it is because I had some comments, I made a, uh, kind of a pre post on social media that I was going to be talking to you guys on the podcast. And some people in Canada were saying, I wish there was places here we could take the exam. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know much about this un- until now when you're feeding me some more information. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if perhaps somebody does not have access to a laptop and the internet, because I mean, this day and age, everybody probably or 99% of people do, but there mm-hmm. could be some people that, that don't. So where would, mm-hmm. where, would, where would they go take the exam?
1: Um, yes, yeah, so Nate has a, a network of testing providers. Uh, so on our website at natex.org, um right on the homepage, you'll see a link to find a testing organization. And then you can search your zip code in the States or your postal code in Canada uh, mm-hmm. to find any uh, testing organizations near you. Uh, typically, they're uh, HVAC distributors, um, trade schools, uh, manufacturers um, give the exam. Um, so you might find your local distributors registered. Um, but if you were looking for a, a physical location to take the exam and there wasn't one in your area, um, you know, you can always reach out to Nate. We'll, you know, uh, reach out and talk to your local distributor to see if they'd be interested in doing that.
0: Okay. Well, that, that's good to know. I didn't realize the distributors had, um, access to, to, uh, handing out the test, but mm-hmm. that, that that's, that's definitely good to know. So I guess there, there's a cost involved in all of this to, um, Cause even when I wrote my exam, like up up here, we have gas licenses, like, uh, different levels and I had to pay to take the, the exam. Um, so obviously there's a cost involved with these two. So what is the cost involved to actually sit an exam? One of these exams?
1: Um, yeah. So if you take it with a proctor, it might vary depending on which testing organization you take it with as they add their own, uh, proctor fees, uh, to the exam. Um, but if you take it, uh, for live online proctoring as, you know, we're essentially the proctors for that. Um, it's uh, $70 for each one of the five exams.
0: Oh, that's not bad. And then once you... and Sorry, so let's go back a minute. So what? how many questions are on each exam? And then what is the percentage of um, answers you need to get right in order to pass?
1: Okay, uh, so there's 30 questions on each exam. Okay. Um, and you would have to get a 60% uh, to pass that exam, uh, which is 18 of the 30.
0: Okay. Answered
1: correctly. Yeah. All
0: right. So 30 is not bad. I mean, when I did my, um, <laughs> when I did funny story, when I did my certificate of qualification here, that's what they call it. When you, uh, sit an exam for uh, skilled trade licenses, certificate of qualification, there was hundred and 150 questions and three hours to, to sit and to answer them all. Now yeah. I was so nervous. Like I prepared Like I prepared night and day and Mm. I was, uh, I went into the exam very, very nervous and it was about 10 minutes left in the exam. I looked at the clock and I still had like 30 questions left to answer (laughs) Mm. (laughs) because I was, I was really trying to take my time on each one. And then I just started, started rushing through them. And then the lady's like, okay, drop your pencils. That's it. And, uh, I still had about six or seven questions left when she said that. So I just guessed on all of them. Mm-hmm. And and for that exam I needed uh 70 or 75. I can't remember. This is going back a mm-hmm. while now. But I think I passed with one one mark above the the passing. It was either 70 or 75 you needed to get. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> if I guess like those guesses at the end might have been might have been my my ticket in, into the <laughs> in into passing but It Mm -hmm. was, it was, it was funny. But then when I did my gas exam, a couple of, maybe a year later, a couple of years later, because refrigeration and and natural gas are two, two different, um, uh, exams. I, I didn't second guess myself. I went in, I'm going to, I said, I'm not going to do the same thing I did to myself. I'm not going to second guess every, every single question I I write. And I think this is important Mm -hmm. when people write exams. If you're prepared and you, you prepare yourself properly, you shouldn't, able. You shouldn't be second-guessing yourself when you you see an answer and you know it's right. You should go, yep, that's right. So that's what I did when I wrote my gas exam, and they were in two different um, exams. So one was 150 questions, and then the other one was 150 questions. There was one halfway through the course and one at the end. Mm -hmm. And I got in in the 90s in those because I was just not second-guessing myself. And I think that's really important when you're sitting down to write an exam.
1: Yeah, and that is one of the reasons why we broke these apart and made them smaller, because that's how most people became Nate certified through our traditional pathways, a 50 question core and a 100 question specialty exam that they typically took in one four hour uh, testing session. And yeah, preparing for that, even the most seasoned guys would show up to some of those tests, you know, having to sit down and answer 150 questions, you know, and they're sweating bullets, even though they know the stuff, you know, backwards and forwards. Uh, So that was one of our goals with the CHP five exam is to break it up and just put it in those smaller chunks so you can just tackle it little pieces at a time.
0: So when you pass each exam, do you get some sort of um, verification to show an employer or something like that, that you have taken the exam and passed it?
1: Um, no, so there's not a credential for passing each individual exam. The credential is for okay. passing all five, but you would be able ah. to, you could show them your, your, my gotcha. uh, profile, okay. which would show that you have three of the five complete or four of the five complete or however many you've done.
0: Okay. So once you complete all five, what sort of verification do you get? Do you get something in the mail or is it just an online certificate?
1: Uh, yeah. So the certificate and wallet card, uh, we email to you. Um, so you'll get that, um, to your email, uh, you can print out as many copies as you want of both the certificate wallet card, uh, has links that you can put it on to your, uh, you know, LinkedIn profile, or if your company has a website, you could put on there that your, your, your NATE certification badge right on there. Um, and then you also get uh, a welcome packet from us that'll have uh, patches for your uniform.
0: Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you guys are working with, I don't know much about the, um, the edu.net, uh, mm-hmm. but I've, I've looked into Um, interplay learning a little bit. And I, like I said, I talked to Doug the other night and it looks like they're doing some really cool stuff. So if you guys are involved with what they're doing, I I think that's kind of one step into the future because I Mm -hmm. think this, uh, because I think, I think COVID really propelled all of this online based learning with all these webinars that are popping up and, and, and all this Mm -hmm. web, web web-based education and web-based learning. I think that's kind of accelerated all of this, which, which is, mm-hmm. um, I guess in a positive way, because now we can sit at home in the evening and we have access to all of this. A lot of it's free. There, there are, there are paid, um, educational platforms where the, the, maybe we might go into a little bit more depth, but there's a lot of it that, that's free too. And I, and I think COVID pro- propelled a lot of this. So how have you been, yeah. have you noticed that an influx over the, the, the last six months when, and COVID has been around that people are kind of gravitating towards more of like an online educational, um, training.
1: Yeah. I've been working with a ton of our online, uh, training, or a um, ton of our used to be traditional training partners, uh, switching over to doing a lot more online training, helping them get that stuff registered with Nate to make sure all their technicians are still getting, uh, continuing education hours. Um, uh, we ourselves, we accelerated our live online proctoring, uh, by about three or four months. Um, uh, once the COVID crisis started uh, to make sure that technicians still had that option to test from home and, you know, be safe, um, still get their night certifications.
0: Cool. All right. Well, I think that, uh, I think we've covered what we needed to cover here, Tony, and, and I really appreciate your time. And uh, if there's anything else that you want to throw in there, man, now's the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think we pretty much covered all of it. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, this was a great conversation.
0: Yeah, cool. So we just go to for more information, you, you said earlier, you just go to my Nate or if, if you don't have a profile, do you just go there and set one up.
1: Yeah. Uh, so our main website is uh, Nate X.org dot uh, org. OK, N-A-T-E-X.org, Um, And that'll bring you to our main site with all the information about our different certifications. Um, and if you're interested in creating a profile and looking into taking some of those training courses, then it would be uh, my Nate
0: Mynate.org. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. All right, man. I will let you get back to her. I don't know what you're doing tonight. Maybe watching some Netflix or like, Mm -hmm. are you diving into some more exam creations or whatever, whatever you're doing, but.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, It's Thursday night. Football's back. That's what I'm doing. Awesome.
0: Awesome, man. Okay, Tony, Mm -hmm. I'll let you go uh, catch up on some football. Who's your team? Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are my team. Kansas City Chiefs. We finally won the Super Bowl last year. Cool. Congratulations. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. All right, Tony, you have a great night and thank you very much. All right, thank you. Okay, so just thinking here, if you're new to the industry or you're just getting started or possibly thinking about getting in the industry, this is a good way to kind of get a jump start into the educational side of things. Five topics, five exams, $30 per exam. That's $150, right? $150 is not a big investment In yourself and in your education spend some time studying and retaining the knowledge and then take the exam and when you're done you will have this credit to your name okay the secret to this is when you're done with the exam is not to lose the info as soon as you're done and you pass it's to continue to educate yourself continue to advance your thinking and your thoughts, and retain the base knowledge that you've learned along the way. Base knowledge is the most important thing you're going to carry with you throughout your career, because if you lose it, you're done, right? If you don't have the base knowledge of, of the function functionalities of a system, refrigeration, electrical, you're, you're going to be lost when it comes to the more complicated and advanced things. So for me, Thinking $150 is not a big investment for anybody that wants to invest in their, themselves or their their education. So thanks, Tony, for getting on the podcast. Good topic. I love talking about ways we can help ourselves through education. And this one is not heavy on the cost, which is very, very cool for the technicians or the, 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 the upcoming technicians that want to get in and get their foot in the door. Anyway, guys, I'm out. Happy HVACing. Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know It All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.